It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And of course, you can download the iHeartRadio app and then you can punch in our coordinates and take us with you anywhere you go. Listen anywhere you want. And it is a pleasure to welcome to the show today... Adam Moffat. Now, Adam is here to talk about um, the fourth annual Indigenous Film Festival of the Wingushk Wingushk International Film Festival. Have I got that right, Adam? Wingush, Wingush. All right. So I appreciate uh, you correcting me on that. And um, it's as I said, it's the fourth annual, and of course, it's going to be presented online. And what this festival does is it presents a celebration of storytelling through film and is, is the only film festival on Manitoulin Island. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm super jealous because I love Manitoulin Island. It is one of my favorite, favorite places to go. I go there to get recharged. It's a very spiritual place, I find. So, uh, Adam, uh, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Manitoulin Island, uh, th- this festival has been going on for, for in its fourth year now. Um, so tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, so exactly like you said, we've been on for four years now. We're, um, and exactly like you said as well, we're Manitoulin Island's first ever film festival. Um, we've done... Uh, because of the global pandemic, we've done t- we did two iterations in person, which were highly successful. The really community really loved us, and then last year COVID happened, so we went online, and we were really thrilled with how the turnout, with how much the community um, enjoyed going online. So we came this year, and the pandemic was still happening, obviously. So we made the choice to go online again, and we're really thrilled with how well it's been going. Um, This year we have over 40 films, uh, both we have some feature films, we have documentaries, we have short films, we have music videos. We also have a number of concerts. We have six different concerts from indigenous artists from all over, um, including the local community as well. We have workshops for filmmakers for both, that are both for emerging filmmakers as well as just the general public as well. We have lots of Q&As with the filmmakers that everybody can interact with and ask questions directly. And um, yeah, we've been going on for four years now. We, Dr. Shirley Chichu is our artistic director. Um, she started the Wingish Film Institute, I believe 20 years ago. And her and, um, her and Nano decided to start the Wingish Film Festival about five years ago with the goal to showcase more of the student films that have come from the Wingish Film Institute. And we've grown a little bit more, and now we're an international film festival that showcases films from all across the world. Uh, Wingish Film Institute, uh, tell me more about that. I, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, so we're, Wingish Film Institute is a, it's a film program on Manitoulin Island. It's um, it's actually accredited with Brock University, and it's the um, it's a film program that takes learning from lots of different capacities. They do lots of learning on the land, as well as the traditional film editing, film. Uh, basically, you learn how to be a filmmaker, and you learn to um, lots of indigenous knowledge as well. And so Shirley Chichi started that 
with the goal to support indigenous young emerging indigenous filmmakers and it's been highly successful and lots of people have come from that program and have grown and are some of the top talent in the, in the industry right now. And you said it's uh, it's uh, in conjunction with Brock University. Hence, now I, I see now I know why the, the Brock's University's name is on the web page. Um, this this course is it like a full course, uh, like a university course? Yeah. So it's a so basically, um, it's basically you go, you on Manitoulin Island. You would go for two years, like a full two year program. Most of our students actually live on the in the community if they come into the community. And then you would finish the program for, uh, I believe, one or two years at Brock University as well. And you would have a full accredited university film studies, film program degree. That's pretty sweet. Uh, What a great way to spend a couple of years on Manitoulin Island, Um, (laughs) for sure. Uh, Thank you for telling us about that. Now, this festival runs from July 8th until the 11th, and as you say, it's online, so people can go to the website, uh, the Wingush International Film Festival website, and that is spelled W-E-E-N-G-U-S-H-K for anyone that is interested in uh, looking that up. Uh, If you punch in that name, you'll find out uh, more about that. You can find out how to register. You can find out about all the films. I'm glad you mentioned about all the other stuff that's going on because it really does seem like there is a lot happening there and um you know you mentioned that the first two years were of course that it was in person so people would come up to the to manitoulin where would it take place uh is it on one of the one of the reserves like a wiki or yeah so it's on um so bad at pronunciations uh miching Mich- miching oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. So that's where that's where our Wingish Film Institute has worked out, and then we also do stuff a little bit across the island, but that's primarily where we're based out of. Okay, that's great to know. So I think that's sort of uh, north central, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Located, and if I'm not mistaken, that they have like uh, some some glamping up there as well for people to do if they're interested in that area. I'm sure. Yeah. So hopefully everybody comes up next year when we actually do it in person and we have lots of, yeah, there's lots of amazing camping. We're hoping everybody from across Ontario and across Canada can come up next year to enjoy and hang out and watch some movies and do some glamping. Right. Now, the other thing, of course, though, now it's virtual and that has changed, of course, as many things have changed because of COVID. And that, like you say, um, you know, you mentioned Canada because Going online has really changed things for a lot of festivals. Uh, for people that I've spoke to, it has you know broadened the amount of people that can, first of all, view and take part because they don't have to come physically to the space. So um, I'm wondering, uh, what, what have you found over the last year in terms of the audience uh, on a worldwide stage? Did you find a difference in that regard? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the, the biggest benefits to us going online last year and what we're hoping for this year as well was our, our reach was much higher than it ever would have been before mm-hmm. uh we we did like, we had people tune in last year from europe from we had a lot of people coming in from the states we had a lot of people just being able to join and watch films and um one of the best parts about our festival i think is because we're a little bit smaller than some of the other film festivals we have there's opportunities to ask directly your question to the filmmaker or for any of our workshops or any of the filmmaker Q&As. So you can just drop a question into Facebook and ask it, which means we have people from all across the world being able to join us and share their own knowledge, share their own experiences, share how these films relate to their um, to their histories. 
And it's been really a great opportunity to really have everybody in and everybody come in to, um, we obviously our workshops are also online. So we're able to have filmmakers um, lead the workshops from Vera, including like Gary Farmer, who's coming from uh, California right now, who lives in California. Yep. He's able to do a workshop for all of our participants just from his home. Right. And it's a really huge benefit for us to be able to have amazing actors like Gary Farmer share their knowledge with people across the world. Right, right. Now, I see you've got other events and, and sort of workshops, like you mentioned. Um, there, There's things for music as well. I see you've got something about songs and songwriting. Yeah, so Jace Martin is leading one of the workshops. He's going to do a... He's going to do a full hour talking about how to write songs, how to be part of the music industry, how to, Jace Martin obviously has a ton of amazing knowledge and has really done amazing work on Six Nations to build up the Indigenous music community. Yeah. And he's going to take an hour to share it with everybody as well. Jace Martin is our headlining on our opening night party, and he's going to kick off the festival with a half an hour set to really set the tone for the rest of the weekend. That's great. So that's going to be live. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Live in the, live in the virtual sense. That is right. <laughs> Virtually live for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Uh, congratulations on all this stuff that's going on now. Manitoulin Island is the largest island, uh, freshwater island in the world, and um, that that's you know one of the things I I love about it. As I say, I, I just love going to Manitoulin Island whenever I can. But it one it is an island, and two because this is virtual and it's. I don't know if we can call it north, but it's, you know, on the on that edge of getting northern Ontario, sort of. Um, and, and, and you know, one of the things that, that has been an issue, and I'm, I'm wondering about this and how you have managed to uh, get around this, and, and that is that for things like this, uh, video, live, live sessions online, you need a really good pipe for the internet and for being able to carry all this stuff and do it in a, in a, in a way that doesn't, you know, overpower. And, and of course, you need a, you need a good system that's going to be able to do all this um, for all the people that want to watch. Um, so how, how did you guys, um, how have you guys worked around that? Yeah, so it's definitely a unique a kind of unique problem that we have that a lot of the other film festivals, of course, don't have, right? So our film platform we use is Eventive, and that's where you can buy tickets and you watch the films. That's essentially our Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had we did lots of testing just to test how good the streaming quality is on the island, and it's it's really good. It's if you if you're able to stream some kind of video at your home, you'll be able to watch all of our movies. No problem. Um, we do have, we have unique challenges. Like we do have a lot of the broadcasting we do out of Manitoulin. We also do a lot in Toronto as well, um, just because of internet connection issues that come up sometimes, but we've been able to really, we really did a lot of learning last year and this year mm-hmm. to have, um, to have this, the highest quality stream. So we, right now at this point, um, we've done enough testing that everybody uh, should be able to watch. If you can, if you can stream some kind of videos, if you can stream YouTube at your house, you'll be able to watch all of our content, no problem. Yeah. That's great. That's very good to hear. Very good to hear. So, um, as you said, Jace Martin's going to open up the, uh, the 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 opening night on uh, June 
of July 8th. The festival runs until the 11th. Um, can you give us a little more of a sense of, of how uh, the, the events sort of flow over the time uh, from start to finish? Yeah, so we, we open up with our opening night party, which is on the Thursday, Thursday July 8th. Um, from there, we have an opening. Tina Keeper will be a part of an opening, doing an opening night keynote. Um, and then basically everybody will watch that online. Then we send people out to go watch the, mo- the uh, opening night movies themselves, and they come back. We have a Q&A with the filmmakers, and then we Jace Martin comes on. And then what happens starting... Friday, July 9th at 12 a.m. is people will have access to our entire catalog of 40 films. Mm-hmm. So starting right at 12, uh, 12 a.m., they'll be able to access um, all of the film's content. Um, we, our workshops are timed, of course. They happen each morning, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They happen each morning. Um, one's at 10, 10.30, one's at 11.30. Um, and, and they, those happen throughout the day, as well as our filmmaker Q&As are also timed throughout the weekend. You can see our website for the specific timings for every single filmmaker Q&A on them. But basically, all of the films you can watch whenever you, whenever you have time throughout the weekend. And one of the best things we do as well is that if you're having, if you're having internet connection issues or you bought a film and then life happens and you just can't watch it that weekend... After you purchase the film throughout the festival weekend, you do have one week to be able to watch the film as well. So even after our Sunday closing, you will be able to still watch the film for whatever reason if you can't watch it throughout the festival. Um, And so we we have each day on the Friday, we have more music. We have The Poets, which is a tragically hip cover band from Moose Factory. Uh, We have the Chichi Martin Band, which is a, a legendary Indigenous musicians from um for locally to manitoulin uh we have the saturday we have the relic kings and the legendary murray porter and on the sunday we have another closing night party uh which consists of our award show which which we give we have we have an award show which we give awards to the filmmakers um that have won best feature best documentary um and best actor uh, which is decided by our film jury, as well as we give out awards for the humanitarian award. We give out the builder award and we give a lot of awards to our local community as well to really prop up people who are doing amazing work and helping the Wingish and Manitoulin Island community. And then we close that. We have our closing night film and then, we, uh, and then the festival closes with a live performance from Leonard Sumner. Wow. Wow. That's great. Sounds fabulous. You got some great people participating. So congratulations to the festival for for being able to. And you mentioned Gary Farmer. You've got Murray Porter, uh, uh, Leonard Sumner. I just did, did an interview with him uh, just last week as well. Um, and a number of other people that uh, you know, Tina Keeper. You mentioned. I mean, uh, there's some great people participating in this. Yeah, we've had we've been really lucky. Um, People love our artistic director, Dr. Shirley Chichu, and she's really able to call up somebody and say, and people want to say yes to her because Shirley has done such amazing work for the Indigenous film film community throughout her career, and people just love her. So they want to interact with her and uh, help out Shirley's mission and mandate. 
That's great. Now, we are talking here on Moment of Truth today about the Wingush International Film Festival. It is taking place from July 8th to the 11th, and it is online. So if you go to the Wingush International Film Festival website, and just to spell that again, it is W-E-E-N-G-U-S-H-K. Uh, you can find out more. As uh, Adam mentioned, Adam Moffat is my guest here on the show. He is the uh, festival manager, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show to talk about this, the fourth annual film festival of the Wingesh International Film Festival. Um, it, it sounds fabulous. If you go to their website, you can see all the films that Adam is talking about. You can see all the, uh, the, 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 the live entertainment that is going to be taking part. He's mentioned uh, the keynote speaker. He's mentioned uh, a lot about some of the other things that are taking place uh, aside from films. But what you're going to be able to get to see, as, as Adam also pointed out, is that y- you're able to get to see uh, some emerging filmmakers, indigenous filmmakers, and the work that they are doing. Uh, so it's a chance to maybe see some up-and-coming people that are doing some really good stuff. He also mentioned how after the presentation of these films, they're going to have Q&As with the, the filmmakers as well. And I'm sure that that could provide some really interesting background uh, and stories about some of these films that you, uh, you're you going to have the opportunity to see. Now, Adam, you mentioned that uh, people log in and they also are going to be uh, purchasing uh, purchasing tickets for the films. Do they purchase them? Uh, is there like an overall um, uh, price you can pay to, to just have a f- uh, free access or is it an individual sort of uh, kind of buying in on the films? Yeah, so we, have, we, we want to give our audience as many options as possible. Um, for uh, we've, we've divided each of our all of our 40 films are divided up into specific film programs okay. so if you wanted to watch a, fi- uh, a one of our film series which is i'm just trying to find an example like um a, a laughter is medicine film series mm-hmm. you'll be able to buy a ticket for ten dollars which contains all of our hilarious films that we're going to show mm. um we also which is ten dollars as well to to view all 40 of our films uh, you'll be able to buy our festival pass, which is 65, um, which is a lot. I think that's a lot of content for not too much, not too much. And then um, our, a number of our concerts are free online as well as a number of our workshops will be free online as well. So if anybody, if you, if you just want to come join us for some workshops, that's totally cool too. Um, and then the other thing to note is that our opening night party, which in Kent contains two films, Filmmaker Q&As, opening by Tina Keeper as, and with Jace Martin for the opening and the closing featuring uh, closing keynote by Tina Keeper, Leonard Sumner and our closing night films. Those are $15 as well. That all sounds really, really interesting. Now, um, emerging filmmakers, and, and this is for marginalized, so it's not necessarily just indigenous filmmakers, correct? Correct, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a- yeah, so we have a number of filmmakers from different communities as well. Our focus is definitely on Indigenous uh, filmmakers, and that's what we've done primarily. But we do show um, filmmakers, uh, many BIPOC filmmakers. We show LGBTQ2 spirited filmmakers as well. We have, um, if you have an amazing film, you can be a part of our festival. If you're telling it, if you're if you're an amazing storyteller, we want you to be part of our festival. 
So this isn't necessarily just for, like you said, I'm, I'm sure that some of the students involved with the, the Brock program that you've been talking about uh, are featured in this, but that's not, uh, that's, that's not the focus only on them. There's other filmmakers. So having said that and what you just said, how do people then get involved if they do have something that maybe for next year they have a film that they want to maybe have uh, looked at or considered for your, your film festival? How do they go about that? Yeah, so it's um, we have our call of, call for submissions, which takes place on uh, Film Freeway, which is a kind of the industry standard for submitting films to film festivals. So we have a film. Our call for submissions goes up near the end of October. It's open until uh, April, um, and we encourage anybody to submit their films through there. If you if you have, and if you just have a question and you want to talk to us, um, if you just email info at wingishfilmfestival.ca. It goes right to myself, and I'm happy to answer any of your questions um, about, the, about the process for joining in, or if people want to volunteer, or people want to just talk and see more about the festival, just email info at wingishfilmfestival.ca, and I'm happy to chat whenever. Yeah. That sounds great. Now, the other thing I'm wondering about is, is that, um, are there any specific films, or is there anything that that there that the festival is buzzing about <laughs> um that that you know people should really check out um you know that, that you could recommend yeah so um i mean i'm sure the yeah. whole festival's great <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so the, the whole festival's great for sure so just watch everything but um uh, i guess in terms of my personal favorites we have a a documentary called uh, which is a part of our Water is Life series. And the film is called The Water Walker, mm-hmm. which is a short documentary on Autumn Peltier uh-huh. and all of her work to bringing, um, for bringing um, uh, just knowledge, worldwide people knowledge for the uh, water crisis issue across the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have um, our opening night film is Spirit to Soar, which is a film uh, looking at about uh, issues with the indigenous community in Thunder Bay. And um, we have um, Murray Porter's performance will be amazing. Murray Porter is such an amazing legend who's done such amazing work for the community. Yeah. Um, um, another one of my favorite, most exciting films is Shadow of Dumont, which is a filmmaker who discovered his Métis heritage um, and was on a journey to explore his Métis heritage. And he travels from Toronto to um, out west to learn from people. And it's a really kind of funny, really touching documentary. Wow, they um, all sound fabulous. You know, if you don't mind, uh, I would very much like to speak to uh, the filmmakers that made the um, the, uh, the Autumn Pelche film. Uh, if you don't mind, if you have a contact that you could uh, give them or tell them to reach out to me, I would really much appreciate that. I, I'd love to speak with Autumn Pelche as well. I've been trying to get her on the show for a while now. So, um, you know, uh, she does some great stuff. All those stories sound fascinating. Um, yeah. In fact, another film that I see that you're doing, I'll be uh, speaking with one of the uh, architects, uh, Earth to Sky. I have uh, I've watched that film recently, and and I'll be uh, interviewing one of the one of the architects from that film as well. You guys, I mean, we actually have the premiere for that film after it aired once on TV, and then we have the worldwide premiere for that film. Nice, that's great. Congratulations. So yeah, you guys have a lot of fabulous stuff going on. Congratulations to to all of you for this. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're 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 a really small team. It's myself and Miranda, who's our marketing person, as well as our um, 
Emily just came on to the team as well. And then we're all under the guidance of Dr. Shirley Chichu, who's really built this amazing organization to support indigenous filmmakers and support filmmakers. Well, you know what? I, I think you should uh, um, ha- reach out to her and tell her that I would like to interview her, uh, not only on the, on the film festival, but the work that she is doing and, and the stuff that she has been doing over the years. I'd very much like to have her on the show. So please uh, mention that. For sure. I'll let her know. Yeah. That's great. Um, just as we are going to be finishing up here, Adam, is there anything else you can think about in terms of the, the festival or, or things that uh, we haven't touched on that you feel is important to mention? Um, um, I, I just, um, no, thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us on. We're really happy to be here. We're really, we're, um, like I said, we're a small, we're a really small team doing, trying to do big things or trying to do a mini tiff on Manitoulin. And so if there's any, so please buy tickets, please join us. Um, if you'd like to donate to the festival, you can visit wingishfilmfestival.ca and there's a donation button there at the top. Um, and if you want to get involved in any kind of capacity, please just email us. And well, I'm always happy to pick up the phone and talk to anybody. So please just give us a call and we're happy to chat and please join us next weekend for this, for our film festival. Okay, sounds great. Um, you know, being in its fourth year and certainly with the, the kind of films that you're, you are uh, getting hold of and, and being able to show, um, you mentioned TIFF and I'm just wondering how has what kind of feedback or what kind of um, uh, things are you hearing back from, say, the larger film industry about what you guys are doing with this festival? Yes, we've had, we've had quite a bit of support and that's something in our, in our first couple of years uh, from communities. We've had this year, a lot of that support's come from them helping us out with our outreach. Um, Hot Docs, for example, did a really great uh, piece to their listen to their viewers about about the festival. We've really had um, we're really lucky in a really good place because our festival is outside of the typical film festival time, which happens usually in the fall. Mm-hmm. So we're really able to get a lot of the films that do great premieres at TIFF or Hot Dogs and have them come to show to our local community. And we a lot of these great big film festivals want to support us. They're there to help us out. So. Um, it's going to hopefully keep happening. And one of the goals for our 2022 festival is to have more and more support and presence from these bigger festivals. And with the goal of having our young emerging filmmakers take part in TIFF next year, the week, the other year afterwards. Right. And we've had a lot of support from there. We've also, I will say we've had a lot of support from telefilm um, and they, they've done support in terms of financial support, as well as just connecting us with, um, filmmakers and people who want to join the festival and as as, as film festivals, the, the the industry is supporting us, and they will keep. And I'm sure they're going to keep supporting us more and more. So, in ten years, we're doing a giant festival in the size of TIFF on Manitoulin. Fingers crossed. We'll, we'll see. About that. That's right. Great, Adam. Thank you so much for taking part in our show today, telling us about the Wingush International Film Festival, which is happening from July 8th to 11th. People can go online to find out more. How can they? How they can attend? How they can get uh, take part? Watch the films uh, by going to Wingush International Film Festival. Like I said, and that is. W-E-E-N-G-U-S-H. 
H-K. If you type that in, you will uh, get a response. So Adam Moffat is the festival uh, manager, and it's been a pleasure speaking with him about this, uh, which is happening on Manitoulin Island, and, and such a great place. If you have never been to Manitoulin Island, or if you don't know where Manitoulin Island is, well, check it out because there is a beautiful ferry ride you can take across from Tobermory to South Baymouth. It's about an hour and a half. It's a really nice. Reminds me so much from, from going from uh, Vancouver uh, mainland to Vancouver Island out west. It's, it takes about the same amount of time as well. Adam, thank you so much for taking time to join us on the show and talk to us about this. Thank you so much, David. It's been so fun. Thank you All so right. much. You take care. Bye-bye. And that is Adam Moffat, the festival manager for the Wingush International Film Festival. Pleasure talking to him about that celebration of films that they do uh, in their fourth year up on Manitoulin Island. And don't go away because we're going to be right back with more right here on Moment of Truth right after this. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That, of course, is 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto. And if you download the iHeartRadio app, you can take us with you anywhere you go. It's a pleasure to welcome to the show my next guest, Sandy Daly. She is here to talk about... Chronicles of a Black Woman, a sketch comedy that will be screening virtually at the 2021 Toronto Fringe Festival from July 21st to 31st. And it's a one-woman animated digital stage play that stars her as a writer, producer, and director, and actress. So it's a pleasure to have Sandy here on the show. Sandy, welcome. Thank you so very much for having me, David. I truly appreciate it. And, you know, of course, have to say hello to all the vis- the listeners um, to your show. And it's, you know, it's always a pleasure to speak to other creatives about, um, you know, creatively doing your work. So I truly appreciate it. So thank you very much. Mm, it's our pleasure. And, you know, I have to admit that it was quite, uh, it was quite enjoyable just to read over your bio. <laughs> 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 And I'm, why are you laughing? No, no, because, you know, I always get it. I, I expect it, but it, it always gives me, gives me a little bit of a tickle. So I truly appreciate it. I mean, I, I know my bio kind of speaks ahead of me a lot of times, right? So um, definitely, I appreciate the love, David. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because it sounds like um, a lot of what you do comes out of that uh, love of wanting to share uh, educate, um, uh, 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 entertain, and 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 but also bring some seriousness to some of the issues that you deal with. For instance, in this Chronicles of a Black Woman, uh, you do portray yourself as the three people that make you up: you know, a single mom, a Caribbean woman, um, and, uh, and and uh, and 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 and. And there's one other thing. What am I missing? Just a black yeah, woman. Yeah, the the yeah, the Afrocentric woman. Yeah. So you've got Monica, who's the Afrocentric woman that, you know, for me, David, you can you'll see me at every rally. You'll see me at the Indigenous March. You'll see me at the Women's Rights March. You'll see me at the Black Lives Matter. Mm. Um, and as well, I'm a Caribbean woman, you know, originally from Jamaica, left Jamaica when I was 16 years old. And so that is definitely entrenched in my spirit. And that's my culture. That's 
my background. That's, you know, that's where I'm from. But also, you know, I was raised here. So I'm Toronto, sorry, Jamaica born, Jamaican born, Toronto bred because most of my time was here and has been here in, in Canada. And then, of course, you've got um, Vivian, a single mom. And I'm the mother of three, uh, three boys, a single mother to three boys. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to have great partners that when, when things don't work out, like my, my partner with my, my children, we co-parented, but the most of the brunt of the responsibility did fall on me. And that's how that was. So I, I see myself in all of these and just like everybody else, you know, all the women, you see yourselves in different, different characters. And, um, and this is what I decided to bring to the stage this year. Hmm. And, and, and I was looking forward, but I can't see it. I couldn't even screen it because it hasn't come out yet. So there was no way for me to even uh, have the opportunity to, uh, to you know, get a screener to talk about that. But that's okay. I'm looking yeah. forward to uh, the ability to to maybe watch this online. Now, the one the one thing that got me about this, it says animated digital stage play. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with the fringe, um, because everything has still been shut down, David, like when we were, you know, granted the opportunity to go forward, it was just like, okay, we're still looking at perhaps the stage stages were going to be open during the summer or before when we needed to shoot this and, you know, all those type of things. Mm -hmm. But as you know, of course, Toronto was still in a lockdown and every stage, every theater space was shut down. So, most of the creatives like myself thought, oh my gosh, what do we do at this moment? Because, you know, you anticipated that you were going to be able to tell your story on a stage. And so for me, being the resourceful Caribbean woman that I am <laughs> and, and just a woman in general, I thought, okay, what am I going to do? So I thought it's got to be something that I can at least definitely do the audio and just have the video and the visuals be something else. So I immediately thought, animation Mm -hmm. and uh, then I got together the fringe and you know a lot of other creatives had to do the same pivot as well too so the fringe happily supplied us with volunteers uh editors at um animators editors for the ones who needed to go that route and so I chose that path because I've never done that before interesting you know now that it's interesting because of a couple of things. I interviewed a, a couple of guys uh, a few months ago that were doing um, a, a, a virtual um, stand-up comedy festival. And, right. And, and one, of, one of the things they had done, because the guy had the software availability, he, uh, he, he brought in an animated uh, character that was his, you know, his character, but... It's him, but it's it's an animated character, so you that's what you're really seeing on stage. But it moves and, and talks and it's really cool, you know? And right. when I was watching this, I thought, This is great, it really works. Uh, so I'm wondering how do you now you have done this and you see it uh, the the work you've done with it in an animated sort of form, do you see do you see possibilities that maybe Hey, this is something maybe I wouldn't mind working with again in the future. Or do you see something I, I'm not afraid to now maybe uh, you know explore this again in the future? Doing if I even if I don't have to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I loved it. I love the animation aspect of it. It was fun to do it. I mean, as the writer, as a creator, the producer of it. I mean, obviously, it was on my shoulders to put it all together. But the animation aspect was so cool. And then, of course, you know, everybody that knows me knows that any projects that I do never dies in the the genre that that I created it in so for me um, I'm going to after this pitch this actual show 
to networks. So I'm great. I'm happy that you asked that question because when I saw, I'm, I'm seeing it now and, and I'm watching it, you know, come to life. You basically, I can see this on t- television, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the fact that I've never done this before, it opens up um, a different avenue for all sort of works to, for me to explore. So that's my goal. As a creator, I always look for new avenues where I can explore and have fun and learn and create. And animation is just definitely right up my alley. And 100% as to what you're saying, I'm going to continue on this road. But I, 100%, as I said, I'm pitching this right after the French Festival to different networks. If you're listening, <laughs> please hit me up if you'd like to see this and we can send this to you. That's great. That's good to hear. I'm I'm happy to hear you're doing that. Now you are uh, you're the winner of the Governor General's Award for Excellence, the Rising Star Award from Centennial College, and you were named a Toronto Fringe Festival Artist of the Year in 2020. Congratulations! Thank you so much. Um, thank you. I mean, I I think what happens is when you everybody knows me as this little kind of squirrel, I'm, and I'll be honest with you, I am the person that's always in front of their computer. And never lifting a head up. So when you get uh, any type of recognition for any type of work that you've done, it's a nice kudos and a nice bonus to to say thank you and keep going. Because really, that's what it says, you know, keep going. Mm. Um, because I truly want to inspire myself to continuously work, um, as well as others that can see me and say, you know what? from nothing somebody has created something and and that's what i say so i I thank you for recognizing and bringing that out but it's always just a humbling aspect for me because it's all about the work for me i'm very boring after this i shouldn't say this on radio but it's it's i'm a writer (laughs) right and and i love to write and i love to create characters and love the blank page and and that's where i see myself but it's great to have somebody recognize that Mm. You know, when you say that create something out of nothing, as soon as you said, I'm a writer and I love the blank page, that's kind of like, uh, that's what you're saying, creating, putting words down on a page, creating that, creating the characters, creating the stories out of nothing. But it also makes me think of that uh, famous saying about, is it Michelangelo, I believe, that said it um, when he when he was uh, chipping away at, at, at a piece of, of rock or something to uh, to make a statue that the statue was always there. I'm just I'm just taking away the parts that you can see it. Uh, you know, I think that's really interesting in, in, in sort of the same way that a story might be formed and what you might do. The, the idea is there. Uh, yeah. Chipping away at all that other stuff and getting the right words and, you know, rewriting it and, and whatever you have to do to, to make sure that story comes out so that other people can see it. And, and that's a great thing about being able to jump on a blank page, because a lot of times that I'll tell you straight up, David, I mean, I have as a writer, you always have the beginning of a story and you have the end and you know how it wants to end. But it is a middle part that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I love it when my I follow my characters and I love it when they surprise me because I never know what turns and, and maneuvers they're going to make. Um, but the, the pen and the writer and the characters are leading me on that page. And so, as I said, the, the beginning, I always have it etched out. The ending, I know what's going to happen. But the middle part is so much fun. And then it's so interesting to have that aspect where you're constantly, you know, being surprised or just constantly just working and, and, and itching at something and just seeing what can come, come out of it. So, yeah, that's what writers love, right? We get a high off of that. 
right? You know, and I've heard writers say that before about the characters. The, the characters mm-hmm. take on their own lives. You don't know where they're coming from. But it, and I really find that fascinating because they're coming from you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you would think that it's it's coming from uh, the experiences that you've had or, the, the you know, whatever, the, the life that you've led, those kind of things. And, and yet I also understand how when you say, I don't know where this came from, or this this is this is really interesting to me when I see these characters take become their own person, uh, and 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 it's separate. So, do you think it's just the muse? Do you think it's uh, you're tapping into something that beyond yourself when those kind of things happen? What, what's your sense of that? I think that's it. I mean, you're t- you're allowing yourself to really be in, becoming involved and invested in these characters. And so if you are, once you are as a writer, the characters will tell you where they want to go. Um, and, and so, you know, I never have this thing where I'm going to go, okay, this character is going to do this, this character is going to do that. I mean, when you pick up a, a, a piece of writing from me, most folks know that it's Sandy Daly's writing. And I can say this because I have a certain voice, right? My voice comes through, mm-hmm. but each character has a different way of speaking as a, has a different way of moving. They have a different way of reacting to stuff. And so you have to then really become invested and involved with these characters. And it, I'm telling you, like, I would write here, sit here and write three, four hours a day. And then I cannot write in the evening because I'm a morning person. Right. And so, David, when I get to writing and get fully involved and invested in it, I am doggone tired because at the end of the day or close to the afternoon, because my brain has become so worked up with the characters that it is so heavy. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And, and then you have to, okay, I cannot, I have to do nothing else. After three o'clock, you can't even get me to hammer or anything, right. right? But but it's really because you then as a writer have allowed your characters to speak through you using your own voice, of course, but at the same time, allowing them to be authentic. And most folks know me. They know that every story that I have comes from something that I've been through. Or I've known of something that has happened to somebody, but at the end of the day, I will, of course, switch it up and make it something ultimately different because I think stories are begin from real life experiences, but they're not the universal themes that we need to impart and put into these stories come f- will come from the writer as to what it is that you're trying to say. So um, it's just a very... Uh, if you're an authentic writer, the, the storylines will come to you as you are writing. All right. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'm your host, David Moses, and this is Moment of Truth. And my guest on the show is Sandy Daly, and we are talking to her about Chronicles of a Black Woman, a sketch comedy that will be screened virtually at the 2021 Toronto Fringe Festival from July 21st to the 31st. Now, uh, Sandy is also, she's a writer, producer, director, and actress. And um, so this play, as I say, it's a, it's an animated digital stage play. So something new, as she said, that she is portraying with this, but she's going to now be thinking of perhaps uh, turning this into uh, some kind of a television program. Uh, so once it is aired uh, with the Toronto Fringe Festival, uh, she's going to be pursuing that. Now, Sandy said she's a writer uh, at heart, I guess, and that's where things started for her. So, as, um, Sandy, I'm, I'm wondering... I should know. 
Oh, if I, if you don't mind me correcting it, did you mind, David? Sorry. So I started on this business as an actress, yeah. right? So that was my first love. I started writing, I mean, acting yep. years ago in Jamaica, and then I moved to Canada, and then I continued on. And I was lucky enough to, on my very first audition, to land the lead role for um, this this female character. Um, and it was going to be produced, written and director, directed by the first black female director at the time that would ever write, produce and direct. Her name was Christine Brown. So I was the lead in that. And that film is called Another Planet. You can catch that on IMDb. And then the children came along. And of course, being a mother, I chose to stay home with the kids and not be on set, you know, 20 hours a day guilt killed me right and so i then i started writing and i've truly found my passion so yeah so you never know where life is gonna go right you start one thing and you end up with all these other things right now you know um i'm, I'm glad you mentioned another planet and and that work that you did earlier because when i yeah. when i uh, google you uh, is there several sandy dailies out there or are you, or is that all you out there that I'm seeing? It depends on what it is that you're seeing, David. If it's all good stuff, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's one Sandy Daly that if you Google, and especially if you Google my book title, it's mm-hmm. me. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's myself. So I've done a, a few things. I've done radio since then as well. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, done the, the acting thing, of course, the writing thing. So yeah, that's, you know, as I said, if it's a good thing, it's me. If it's not, then it's not me. Well, I, I, hope this, I hope this is a good thing. And why <laughs> I'm wondering is this, um, is it, is it fair to say you have been around for a while? A little bit. <laughs> I've been chipping at this for a little bit of a, a few moments. <laughs> well, the reason I say that is. Is if that's you, you look pretty darn good then for for the time you have been around. That's all yeah. I can say with that. You look fabulous. So congratulations. Um, I, I want to go back to your writing because I'm I'm thinking that this somehow you talked about your voice, and right. knows your writing knows that it's going to be your voice. So the, your your first novel. Um, which I think the title is so interesting from perspectives. <laughs> so, right. you know, it, it, it's, it hits you over the head, of course, but it, it's really interesting because it makes you think. And, of course, the title is Whose Vagina Is It Really? And, mm-hmm. and so uh, I, I just think that's fascinating because it really makes you wonder, uh, you know, ab- about how we perceive women, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what it's kind of? Wanting you to make people do. Yeah, exact, exact thought of how we perceive women and who's for the women who are reading it and questioning, like, whose life are you living? So there was so much more of a deeper thought to it in terms of, you know, as I said, like even just an example with myself, and I can only speak for myself, when I, the second I became a mother, I gave up everything that I wanted to do. Do you understand? In the acting world, right? Mm-hmm. And so my guilt killed me. Mm. I was like, I cannot leave my children and be on set because I want to be an actress, even though I've done another planet and I've got all these other things that are coming. Like I just, I wanted to be there for my children. Mm. And so I started doing that. And then I said to myself, after a little while, when the kids grew up a bit and I was sitting there going, okay, now what for me, you know, what's for myself. Right. Um, And then I realized that not that I had nothing, but I'd given so much of myself to my kids and to my, my husband at the time, I had nothing left for Sandy. Mm-hmm. So I, that what whose vagina is 
really means like how women, how society sees women's bodies and, you know, who really controls a woman. Yeah. Uh, and as well as what do you want for your life? Like whose life are you living? Because it really, I kind of examined myself and I wasn't happy. So, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I have to ask this, what kind of, what kind of uh, comments did you get or, or, or uh, feedback from women uh, from this? Oh my God, David, great question. I mean, when I wrote, I first, cause I, I first wrote, first wrote it as an article. Cause at the time I was a columnist, I had a syndicated column. So I would write for street height newspaper for the Beijing reporter for pride news um, magazine here in Toronto. And, um, and so it was a syndicated column. And so the woman, oh my word, the woman just kind of the emails that I got, I mean, I used, I was used to getting a lot of emails at the time from folks, you know, complimenting or the men saying, Sandy, you're trying to break up my relationships. <laughs> right. But the woman loved it. And the men, of course, more so started coming at me. I mean, I didn't take it too personally, but it was like, Sandy, what are you trying to do here? What, what are you trying to say? Although the woman are like, this is just amazing. And, and at the same time, I was in the process of writing my book and I didn't have a title at the time. And I thought because of the whole flack and the hoopla, I thought, okay, well, that's it. That's the title of my book. Whose vagina is it really? <laughs> and, and that's it. Ran away with that. And I just completed it with, you know, with those things in mind and, and went for it and became a really good um, seller for me. I did it self-published. I self-published the book and I traveled around the world. And, you know, if you got like a thousand copies running around in Jamaica, anybody that bought the book, you'd be like, Sandy, I bought your book and I cannot find it because my girlfriend came and stole it off my dresser table or something. Like no lie, <laughs> right? Great. So wow, what a story! Yeah, I I figured that uh, that with the title and with the content that you were discussing, that it probably was going to have a very big impact and, and, and that you'd have a lot of support from women. I'm, I'm sorry to hear about the men that were, you know, questioning it. I, I really think it's a very positive thing that you were asking there and, and uh, not only for women, but for men to look at as well. So. Yeah, they, a lot of them didn't see that at the time. And I remember, David, this was way before. So this is 2010. This is way before Me Too or Time's Up, right. you know? So yeah. I didn't, you know, and this is the other thing too, I want to make sure that everybody understands is that I've always kind of, I'm that person that listens to the underbelly and to the underground of what's going on, right? And then I'll write about stuff. And then afterwards, things will come out. And then, so it, I never did it to be salacious. You know what I mean? I never did it for hype. I never did it because I wanted controversy. I write because of what happens to me for the most part. And I don't take myself too serious. And I don't think, say I'm that, you know, highly important where I, it's the only person that it's happening to. If it's happening to me, David, it's happened to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's why I write stuff. And also I write to you know, to get out uh, rid of a lot of the angst that I'm going through and to save myself, you know, sitting and talking to a counselor and talking about my issues. I just write it out. <laughs> right. So go. it was it was just great. Um, it was really great. And now the the book is going to be a play next year at the Toronto Fringe. And I'm actually working on that with another co-showrunner um, uh, for as a TV series. So. That's great. I'm happy yeah, to that ask you because I saw that. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, other things that you have uh, had your hand involved with, uh, Untamed Chicks, Daddy's Not Around. Do yeah. You 
Hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a short film that I wrote um, two years ago. So I was lucky enough to be chosen um, as a part a part of the Cinefam Women of Color Creator Challenge, hmm. and I, you know, then I created the short film, and so it was great because. I was the creator, producer, and writer, and then also one of the actors on the project. My son, Nathaniel Daly, is a star of it. And so it's from a child's perspective. So all from his point of view. And so what happened is um, the, the, the goal of the, the challenge was to make sure that um, we only hired female crew. So that was a stretch in itself. because So I had 30 women on set. Um, from different backgrounds, all different races, different ages. It was just amazing from director to PA, mm. you know, it was just such a great time, David. We shot this in my girlfriend's mom's home um, and my girlfriends came, did hair and makeup. You know, I call upon the team because it's a lot of women that have always supported me throughout everything that I've done. And so I say, I have to just say to them, thank you so much because without them, I wouldn't be here today. And I'll tell you, my girlfriends hate when I'm like, okay, so I've called them. They're like, okay, what, what now? What are you doing now? But they always show up. <laughs> what, whose hair do I have to do? Whose makeup do I have to do this time, Sandy? I'm telling you, I know I've done like five productions and it's always been through my girlfriends. I'm like, okay, I'm doing this thing. Can you help me out? They're like, okay, okay, fine. Welcome. They always show up though, and they do an amazing job. <laughs> I just called two of them this morning to they're like, "No, we're not doing it," but they're coming. <laughs> to me, like that's a that's another uh, play or, or or production in itself, right? Oh, for sure. You know, the girlfriend experience is just amazing, David. Because if you really have two girlfriends, they'll cuss you out in a second. <laughs> they'll curse you out in two seconds, but they are there for you when it is the most important, you know, that's just the honest truth. And, and that's, I really appreciate my girlfriends and anyone that has supported me to this, this point, this level today. Great. Just before we finish up, I want to bring it back yeah. to Chronicles of a Black Woman, a sketch comedy that we were talking about. Yeah. It's going to be at the Toronto Fringe Festival from July 21st through the, to the 31st. And I guess so, if people want to find out more, they want to see that, they can go to the Toronto Fringe Festival to uh, pick up tickets and, and view that and find out the times, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. And then they can also, you know, and there's a lot of other um, projects that are there and everyone's worked so hard even during COVID, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I personally try to do a project every year. I cannot, David, I'm telling you, I'm one of those people, I cannot live without like shooting something each year. So every year for the last six years, I've done something. And so this is, I was sitting there going, okay, what am I going to do? So definitely everyone come out and check out Chronicles of a Black Woman at the, through the Toronto Fringe and all the other creatives like myself who have worked so hard on it. But if you want to reach out to me on all social media um, platforms, it's the Sandy Daily. So T-H-E Sandy Daily. Or you can go on to Instagram as well, too, and see, as well as the Sandy Daily um, Chronicles of a Black Woman. And our TikTok um, pages will be up very soon where you'll see each character. Each character is going to have her own little (laughs) page. So the social media folks on my team, they're working on that right now. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm I'm really I really am enjoying what is going on with this project. And I just I'm very thankful to everybody. Truly yourself. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Now, just uh, this just came to me. How long is the play itself, like the writing time? 
So we're going for like 35 to 40 minutes. They don't suggest any more than that because there's like 200, yeah. you know, plays in this digital thing. Yep. So we wanted to keep it nice and sweet and spicy mm-hmm. and have you come in for more. <laughs> right. So, um, but yes, yeah, th- yeah, 35 minutes uh, going to 40 minutes is what we have it at. Um, and uh, definitely all the other projects, I think they're going at the same thing to same runtime. Hmm. Sounds good. And I want to thank you so much for coming on to the show and, and sharing this information. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. I, I would really like to, uh, you know, stay in touch. And have you Definitely. Once, you, once you have these other projects rolling out, I, I would very much like to have you back on to uh, talk about them as well. Definitely, David. I'll keep your information. Um, I'll, you know, for sure, because I do have some other great news coming in. God has been good. Let's put it that way. Um, but also hard work will pay off in the long run if you just keep the faith. But yeah, I do have some other news that I'd like to share later on in the year. And um, I'll definitely keep in touch with you. And I'd love to come back on. This was so much fun. A lunchtime energetic interview is always amazing in my books. <laughs> Great. Thanks again, Sandy. And thank you so much. Uh, and, and all the best with all the stuff you got going. I can't wait to hear about what you've got coming up in the future. Thank you so very much, David. Thank you guys for listening. And check me out on Instagram, the Sandy Daily, and on Twitter and on Facebook as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. That's uh, Sandy Daly. We're talking to her about her Chronicles of a Black Woman, a sketch comedy that will be seen at the 2021 Toronto Film Festival from July 21st to the 31st. Check it out online. I'm your host, David Moses, and that is your show for today. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.